as you go, following the master disciple maker. Okay, let's see how good you are. We've been giving little pop quizzes every week. Uh, of course, skip last week being Easter Sunday. But let's see how you do today on the five questions. Question number one, in what chapter do you find the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Which chapter do you find the golden rule? By the way, it is the ending of a very important sermon. Uh, and so if that helps any, and the answer to that question is chapter 7. It's the very ending of the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, it's kind of the conclusion. And then the last of the sermon is the invitation to make a choice for Jesus. Question number 2. In which chapter do you find blessed are the poor in spirit? It is the preamble to the Sermon on the Mount. So if you know where the Sermon on the Mount begins, you've got this one. Chapter 5, 5, 6, 7, Sermon on the Mount. Question number 3. In which chapter do you find Joseph and Mary moving back to Nazareth? Man, never thought about that. They started living in Nazareth. They moved to Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Lived there for maybe up to a year. Then they had to flee down to Egypt when Herod tried to kill them. Lived in Egypt for a year, year and a half. Intended to move back to Bethlehem. Didn't like the political structure. Boy, does that sound familiar? You know, I'm getting out of this state and moved to that state. And, and so they decided, no, let's just go on back to Galilee, to Nazareth. Which chapter? And the answer is chapter 2. All right, question number 4. In which chapter does Jesus call Matthew the tax collector? Now, to help you remember this one, this is the chapter where you have all the conflict. Jesus begins by healing a man, but before healing him, forgave him his sins. Boy, that stirred up a big uproar. Then he calls Matthew. That stirred up. Went to Matthew's house, ate with tax collectors and sinners. That stirred up. Cast out a demon, and they said he's doing it by the power of Beelzebub. All kinds of conflict. And the chapter is chapter 9, the one we did two weeks ago. And then the last one, in which chapter does Jesus call us to be perfect and mature like our Heavenly Father? Be therefore, as the old King James says, perfect even as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And this is the end of chapter 5. All right. Anybody besides Rodney and Juanita get all five of them? All right, I'm looking around. Boy, was it that hard today? All right, next week's going to be easy. All right, next week's going to be easier. One of the things you'll discover is that if you will put to memory the book of Matthew, Mark's going to follow the same order. Luke's going to follow essentially the same order. John's not. John takes off on his own. But once you learn what's in each chapter, you'll be amazed at how when you begin to think about the life of Jesus, you start plugging it in. You know, Sermon on the Mount, 5, 6, 7. Miracles of Jesus, 8, 9. The call of the first disciples, chapter 4. Uh, the baptism of Jesus, chapter 3. I mean, you just begin to get this story of the life of Jesus that is so very, very important. Uh, many of you know I'm a genealogist, and, and I love uh, Doc Phillips here. He's a genealogist. He's done a lot of genealogy in his family. We love genealogy, and we love the stories that we learn in people's genealogies. 
And so when you go back and you start searching these stories, you're like, wow. And you get a picture of who people are. That's what we're trying to do with Jesus. We're just trying to get a picture of who he is. Two weeks ago, we finished with this text right here. Matthew 9, 35, which is simply a sandwich statement. Now you say, what do you mean sandwich statement? If you go back to chapter 4, you have almost the identical same statement. I want you to notice. Teaching, teaching. Proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. Healing, healing. Almost verbatim. And what you have Matthew doing is saying, here's what Jesus preached. Here's what Jesus did as far as healing is concerned. And then Matthew said, let me give you examples. And so, let me help you understand it. It's a sandwich. The top slice of bread is Matthew 4. The teaching part is the Sermon on the Mount. That's the baloney, okay? The healing is chapters 8 and 9. That's the cheese. And then the end of the sermon is chapter 9, uh, verse 35. That's the second slice of bread. Now, some of you are going, seriously, a bologna sandwich? I'm from Mississippi. Okay, there we go. We couldn't afford ham down there, so it was all bologna. But this is a sandwich. And by the way, it occurs a lot in Mark's gospel. So much so that it's oftentimes called the Mark and Sandwich. Okay, chapter 10. What an incredible chapter. Begins with something very familiar to us. Jesus calling 12 of his disciples, giving them authority to preach and to heal, just like what he had done, and then designating them as apostles. The word apostle means simply to send. And, and to help you understand it, All disciples are not apostles, but all apostles are disciples. In other words, an apostle is a disciple that Jesus elevated in the first century, chose 12, very likely because there were 12 tribes in ancient Israel. And he's basically reconstituting Israel as she once was. The names of the 12 you find in four places in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and Acts. And they're basically the same in all four of those places. You get a couple of name switches of where someone will be called by a secondary name. But they all begin with Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Or Simon, Andrew, James, and John. Two sets of brothers. Always begins with them. The second four, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas. And then you get James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, uh, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, or Canaanian. Canaanian is Greek for zealot, and then Judas Iscariot. And Blake, how do we remember the apostles? Jesus called them one by one. Peter, Andrew, James. Y'all are not joining in? Come on. This is, there we go. We got some of them joining in. Here we go. You know, I learned that song at Pew Packers, Blake, when I was probably three years old. And I've never forgotten it. I mean, if somebody comes up and says, Les, where in the order of the alphabet does, you know, S come? Don't you do like I do? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. I mean, I sing the alphabet. I don't know I could say it without singing it. And the apostles are the exact same way. And so you have this list that, that I mean, we sing about it. We, we know a lot of these guys. Some of them, we don't know much about it. I appreciate so much The Chosen because The Chosen is, is kind of developing these characters in at least a way that could possibly be true. 
Not necessarily, we don't know everything, but Simon was definitely a zealot, and zealots had particular qualities, and I love the way the chosen develops Simon the zealot. And then Jesus tells these, he says, you need to go out. Now, there's a couple of things that you have got to understand if you're going to understand Matthew chapter 10. Number one, there's a countdown going on. There's a countdown. Jesus knows this. He's going to mention it here in a moment. The apostles don't know it yet. And and the Jews definitely don't know it. But God is going to give the Jewish people a period of 40 years to repent and accept Jesus as the Messiah. And at the end of that period of 40 years, Jerusalem is going to be leveled to the ground. Israel, or Jews, are going to revolt against Rome. Rome's going to come in with their legions. And as Jesus said to the apostles during Passion Week that we celebrated last week, as he said walking out of the temple, you see all these stones? Not one's going to be left on the other. Now, you've got to understand that if you're going to understand what he's saying here. There's a countdown. The clock is ticking. Okay? And and some of these apostles are going to witness that very event. It's going to be horrible because Jerusalem will cease to exist as a city. Do you know that the Jews would not go back to the city of Jerusalem for 800 years when that clock ticked down? That's how serious it was. Okay? Number one. Number two, because of that, Jesus first sends the apostles out on what is called the limited commission. Look at what he says. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You are preaching first to the Jews. And by the way, that's the order all the way through the New Testament. Jews first, then us Gentiles. In other words, God's going to give the first shot at his own people, And then he's going to turn to the rest of the people. And so he begins by saying to the apostles, you go right now just to the Jews. And we call that the limited commission. It happens before Jesus dies. It's preparing the the people for Jesus to come and to preach and hopefully for more and more people to follow him. Now, here's what you have to understand about Matthew 10. Matthew's writing this much later. He's writing it knowing that the clock is almost almost finished. The hourglass, just a few pieces of sand left in it. Okay? And so he writes this to say, listen, this is what Jesus told us. And so you have a lot of instructions in here about the limited commission, but he also includes instructions after Matthew 28. In other words, after they're getting closer and closer to that time, you get some warnings, and you're going to see a bunch of these pop up. And so Matthew combines the instructions. Limited commission, after the resurrection, prior to the destruction of Jerusalem, and then general principles for all of us. All of those are interwoven here in Matthew chapter 10. And you have to be careful because if you're not careful, you apply some things that were meant just for the apostles to us today. You can't do that. So let's look at the text. 
He says, proclaim as you go, the kingdom of the heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse leper, cast out demons. The exact same thing Jesus is doing. Same message, same miracles. You received without paying. In other words, you didn't pay for the gospel I gave you. So give without pay. By the way, this is one of those things that don't count today. All right? It's actually true, but let's work with the text. He says, don't take any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Don't take a bag. What's he saying? He's saying this short trip. By the way, if you go on a short trip and, you, and you're flying, what's better? Take a carry-on or, or, or check luggage in? Carry-on. Yeah, yeah, some of y'all are going, I don't know, I've never flown. Okay, I get that. But you know, if you, if you're, if you want to get through the airport real fast, do a carry-on. That's what Jesus is saying. Take a carry-on. Don't take luggage with you. Don't take two tunics. Don't take an extra pair of sandals, a staff. And whenever you go to somebody's house, eat whatever they give you because you do deserve food for the work that you do. Whatever town you go into, find someone worthy. Stay at their house. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. If not worthy, let your peace return to you. The point being, if you enter into a house and you can sense that these people are open to the gospel, you can sense that they're open to God, then, then put a blessing on that house. But if you get in there and discover that that's not the case at all, then don't, don't, bless, don't, don't put a blessing on the house. You're like, what? Yeah, he's got a warning. Remember, this is during the limited commission. It is down to the nitty-gritty now. You either repent or you're going to be destroyed. It's that simple. If anyone will not receive you, listen to your words, what do you do? You shake the dust off your feet. Wow. Seems kind of cruel. Again, Jesus is up against the time limit. Israel either needs to repent or the Romans are going to come and they're going to wipe her out. Millions will die. You've got to make a choice, and you've got to make it now. And notice verse 15. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for the town that rejects the gospel. So Jesus is pleading with his brothers and sisters in the flesh, please, please repent. Then he says to them, Behold, I'm sending you out, as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. One of the most important pr principles to me there is in Scripture. And, and that principle is, listen, you ever seen a snake? You ever watched a snake as it's hunting? Snakes are cunning hunters. I mean, they ease up and they grab their prey when they least expect it. And, and he says, you've got to, and, and I don't like snakes, but I get the point he's making. You've got to be as sneaky as a snake. But you also got to be innocent as doves. Put very simple, we need to be wise, but never deceitful. You know, sometimes if we're not careful... Our sharing of the gospel sounds like more like someone trying to sell a car they've got that they know is not worth having. That's why they're getting rid of it. But, you know, you tell someone how wonderful it is. And, and, and that's kind of what Jesus is trying to get across. Don't do a bait and switch. Be honest with people about the cost of following Jesus. 
Don't, don't try to, you know, sneak in the door and, 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 and slam shut the deal. As it. No, be straightforward, be honest, be sincere, and yet be wise. And so he sets that out as he's sending them out. And you know, that needs to be the case with us. The best evangelism is just simply straightforward, natural sharing of the story of Jesus. And the best way to tell the story of Jesus is here's what it did for me, here's what it's done for you, here's what it'll do for the world. Give it a try. I mean, that's the way you share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he says, beware. Beware of men, for they'll deliver you over to courts, flog you in the synagogues. You'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Here is a text that expands the commission. Because this is not going to happen on the limited commission. They're not going to be flogged. They're not going to be arrested. They're not going to be brought before kings during that period. After the resurrection, after the ascension, when he sends them out into all the world... This is going to happen. And you read about it in the book of Acts. And so again, Matthew's kind of clumping together instructions for the limited commission and then instructions for the great commission. And by the way, when he comes to the great commission, he'll tell them, you remember what I told you? How you don't take any gold or silver, you don't take an extra tunic or anything. He says, you need to take everything you can this time. Load up. You carry luggage this time because you're going on a trip that's going to take a long time. And by the way, Christians will always be opposed by satanic, satanic forces. He said you're going to be beaten. You're going to be, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be treated shamefully. It's always the case. Now, yes, in a Christianized America, a lot of us grew up not experiencing that. But let me tell you, we're experiencing it now. We're living in a world today of where if you stand up for that which is right and biblical, you're going to have people calling you every name in the book. You're going to have people trying to harm you. Read the news. It's happening all around us. Amen? And, and, and so don't be surprised when, when people oppose us because we're followers. Oh, so you're a Christian. That used to be an honorable title, not anymore in America. And it's shrinking fast. We just need to be ready. And when they deliver you over, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say. Now, again, we need to be real careful on this one. I'm not doubting the ability of the Spirit to guide us when he needs to guide us. I, I, I get that. But you need to understand in this particular situation, you've got apostles who do not have Matthew. They don't have this book. And so they're literally are, are trying to remember what Jesus had taught them and trying to remember what Jesus had said to do in certain circumstances. And Jesus says, by the way, when you get arrested, don't worry about what you're going to say because my spirit will guide you in those moments. And so we need to realize that some of Jesus' instructions are for a specific time frame. Now, now, why do I say that? I say that simply because sometimes we preachers, we'll, we'll get in the pulpit and we're not prepared. I remember a well-known preacher one time. And I was sitting in the audience that day and he said, Folks, I've not had time this week to prepare a sermon. And so I'm going to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit today to guide me. And when we walked out, I looked at June and I said, The Spirit was also not prepared today. I'm telling you, it was awful. 
I'm like, brother, do not blame that on the Holy Spirit. If you're not prepared, again, I'm not saying that the Spirit can't step in at times and do that. We just need to be careful in sometimes explaining our poor job as if somehow the Spirit was responsible for that. Brother will betray brother over to death and father and his child and children will rise up and parents will have them put to death. Again, you look at this text and you go, wow, this literally happened very specifically during this 40-year span. You see, during these 40 years, the Jews are trying to decide which way do we go. Do we follow Jesus of Nazareth? Or do we follow the political revolt and win our own independence militarily? And the Christians were refusing to fight. Jewish Christians, okay? You need to picture the scene. Here's a Jew right outside Jerusalem, but he's also a Christian. And his friends who are not Christians are saying, are you going to join up and fight Rome with us? And they're going, no. Jesus told us not to do that. They were going to be betrayed, and many of them were going to be executed because they will not fight for, for Jerusalem, even though Jesus had told them, don't do it, and some of you will die as a result of it. But if you'll endure, you're going to be saved. Not saved in the sense of making it through that period. You may die during that period, but you'll be saved eternally because you sided with Jesus. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. I say to you, you'll not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now, this is not the second coming. This is the coming in punishment that Jesus promised when he said not one stone is going to be left on the other. You see, that phrase, the Son of Man comes, is also used to talk about the second coming. That's not what it's talking about here. I tell people the best illustration of this one right here is when I was a kid at 1313 Cooper Street growing up, and me and my little brother would be in our bedroom, and we'd be acting up, not going to sleep, and my dad would say, boys, hush. And we would for about 30 seconds. And then my little brother would start kicking me, and here we'd go again. And then my dad would always simply speak up one more time with one question. Do you want me to come in there? What did that word come mean? That meant if he got up and came in there, we were not going to like it. That's what this means. He says, you're going to, in the next 40 years, be preaching throughout all of Galilee, but you'll not even make through every little village and hamlet in Galilee before the Romans show up, before I come to judge Israel for her lack of faith. A disciple is not above his teacher, not a servant, nor a servant above their master. He says, if they call me Beelzebub, what do you think they're going to call you? So Jesus is just preparing us. So have no fear. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed, hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, what you hear, whispered, proclaim it on the mountaintops. The gospel is important. Get it out. Yes, you'll have opposition. Don't fear them. doesn't mean that we won't be harmed. Simply means that in the end, God's going to win, and we're going to win with Him. So sometimes we fearlessly go into persecution, knowing that it may not be good for us, but God is on our side. Do not be afraid of the enemies of God, because we know who's going to win.
Are not too spare a soul for a penny? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from your, your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Mine go down every day. Right? God's got an angel up there going, He lost seven this morning. Ah, mark it now. Simply shows how much God cares for us. Even the hairs of our head are numbered. So everyone who acknowledges me, and by the way, put yourself again in what Jesus is talking about. You Jews have a choice. You can acknowledge me as Messiah. If you do, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Or you can deny me, and I'll deny you. And you'll cry out to God for salvation and God will not hear you because you've turned your back on me. That was coming. And by the way, it's still coming in the final judgment day as well. So take a stand for God. Do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace but a sword. Now you say, wait a minute. I thought Jesus said my peace, I I leave with you. He did. He brought us peace. A peace that passes all understanding. But it's not peace on the earth. And by the way, if you don't believe that, open up your phone. We live in in an incredibly violent time in our world. I mean, there was a time where you're like, hey, it's safe in my neighborhood. I don't know that there's a neighborhood perfectly safe anymore anywhere. I mean, how many of y'all remember living in a house that you didn't lock the doors at night? Y'all remember that? You didn't lock your cars. I mean, you left, left your keys in your cars. Try that one out. See how it works for you. By the way, some of you are going, less. cars don't have keys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> June and I got her a new vehicle recently, and it's got one of these fobs. Y'all know how many times I try to turn that thing off on the steering column? It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, the world has changed. We live in a violent world, y'all. But Jesus came to bring us peace. But the world, the gospel of Jesus divides people. He said, there's going to be a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A person's enemies will be those of his own household. That was especially true during that 40-year period, but it's also true today. For some people to decide to follow Jesus... It's going to tear them apart from their physical family. It is. Especially if you you have people who are in religions like the Muslim faith or or, or Hinduism or or just sheer non-believers whose parents are non-believers. And all at once you become a believer, they're like, "What's, what's wrong with you? So Jesus says, realize, there's another family that I'm inviting you to be a part of. And it's going to take the place and even be greater than that physical family that rejects you. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He said, listen, you've got to make a choice, and it's up to you. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. I love how he finishes. I don't put it up here. But he simply says, whoever receives a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous person, receives a righteous person's reward. And then he says this, and whoever gives someone simply a cup of coffee, cold water. Okay, didn't have coffee, 
but a cup of cold water will not lose their reward. The focus of the gospel, though, it's not you. And it's not me. If they reject you, they've not rejected you. And if they listen to you, they're not accepting you. It's all about God. And we have got to make sure we remember that. It's easy for us to feel as if someone doesn't want to listen to us share about Jesus. Wow, they're rejecting me. No, they're not. Jesus said they're rejecting me and ultimately my Heavenly Father. Keep that in mind. We're nothing but ambassadors of Christ. Let's remember that. So as we go this week, read Matthew 11 next week. Matthew 11, great text. Pray for those in Hendersonville, Sumner County, who do not know Jesus. One of the things June and I have been working on through this whole series is constantly trying to remember to pray for those in our communities who don't know Jesus and then to do something about it. Build relationships, which leads me to number three. Bring up your faith in a conversation this week with someone who may not know God. It can be as simple as saying, listen, let me tell you about the no good, sorry sermon my preacher preached last Sunday. Okay? At least they know you're a Christian. Tell the story. Take your Bible. Take your Matthew book. Put it on your desk at your office. Let people see it. Oh, what's that? Book of Matthew. Oh, you're a Christian. Just let them know. And then let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. You'll be amazed at what he'll do. And then number four, give a cup of cold water to someone this week in the name of Jesus. You're in McDonald's window? Pay for the car behind you. Okay? You're sitting at a restaurant? Pay for somebody else's meal. Just say, hey, you know, and, 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 and just let them know. Why are you doing this? Because of Jesus. It is that simple. Let's make a difference in the world. If you need anything, our shepherds are going to be going to the sides of the auditorium. We'll have some shepherds out in the, out in the uh, front foyer as well as some up here. Just seek out one of our shepherds. Uh, our, our shepherds' wives will be there as well. Some of them will. She, just, just tell them what you need. Prayers, need to obey the gospel. They'll begin the process of arranging that. And you can go and see them right now, shepherds, if you'll head that way as the rest of us stand and sing.